candy girl. <laughs> and you got me. <laughs> Sugar. Aw, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. <laughs> and you got me rocking you. Break it down with me. When I kiss you, girl. I'm Elena. And I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. A dalliance through Riverdale. This is a show where we talk about uh, CW's new hit drama, Riverdale. Yeah. So here we are with episode one on chapter one, The River's Edge. Oh. So I figured because it is the beginning, the the pilot, Mm -hmm. uh, why don't we talk with what the heck Riverdale is it's a town. Uh, it's <laughs> what the heck the program titled Riverdale is before we get into the specific episode. It's a TV show. You did great in your improv classes, didn't you? <laughs> Apparently I was really good at saying what people didn't expect. <laughs> and then I just stumped them. That's actually very bad because it interrupts the flow. No, I was saying yes. And then I'd say something and they just couldn't go with my uh, my comedy See, and then you get sidetracked in, into this other thing, and it completely, uh, uh, all the momentum is lost. But then you go back to what you were talking about before, and somehow you've just created a really elaborate scene that circles back. You're right. It's a teen melodrama <laughs> that airs on the CW network uh, that follows the, the lives of several teenagers and the adults uh, around them in the sleepy town of Riverdale, America. I don't think they're ever going to say what state it is. It seems kind of like Pacific Northwest, but warmer. It's filmed in Vancouver. If I were to put it yeah. in a setting, it would be like Midwest flyover well, country. Well, you know, it's got like big lakes and cliffs and stuff. <laughs> That's what makes it seem that way. Yeah. We're going to get into the plot, but it's about secrets and it's about f- the frustrating lives of teenagers and there's a murder mystery. I've heard it described as Tween Peaks, which is a joke that I love to share with people. Yeah, it's pretty Twin Peaksy. <laughs> but the the big hook, the big twist, is that its characters are all based on the Archie Comics yes. stable of characters, yes. uh, which is not about murder or dark secrets. It's lighthearted Teen, teenage a, antics. Yeah, everyday life. Yeah. <laughs> And it's been running since 1939, so there's a whole lot of lighthearted antics to draw from. Yes. And Though it has changed over time. It has uh, been updated over the years for mm-hmm. the current audience, whenever that is. With, with a great big reinvention very, very recently, only about a, a year and some change ago. Yes, yes. But Riverdale is still completely separate even from that. It oh. is a beast unto itself. Oh, yes, it is. So let's get right to it. Uh, the show opens with a, a death. Yeah. <laughs> it, it opens with uh, noir narration. Yes. It's some very pretty, pretty yeah. imagery. There, there's a lot of strong symmetric framing. There's th- this soft, slightly overexposed look. Mm-hmm. I'd call it languid, even though the shot's... The, the shot length is actually very short and choppy, but it still fools you into thinking it's being held. Yeah, <laughs> it really has a way of doing that where mm-hmm. it just seems much longer and more elaborate than it is. Cheryl and uh, her brother Jason going out in a rowboat. On the 4th of July. On the 4th of July. On Sweetwater River. Yes. And then 
And then it cuts to her sitting alone on the riverbank, dripping wet. Jason did not make it back from this trip. A week later, the Blossom family buried an empty casket. He dead. Or so they believe, because they couldn't find him. Uh, but the action picks up uh, a bit later with the first week of school. Yes. We, we meet Betty, who's getting ready to finally say to her best, best pal, Archie, that, hey, we should date. Yeah. And she's being egged on by her other best friend, Kevin. Yeah, I love Kevin. <laughs> I love Kevin so much. Uh, Riverdale is a show that does nothing halfway. It, it knows not the meaning of the word restraint. No. So every gay best friend character is... They're, they are all feeding into Kevin Keller, and, and he exceeds them all. Yes. He's the gayest, bestest, friendest. Yes. And he's wonderful. I love him. <laughs> I, I want to know Kevin. Yeah. I want more Kevin. Are you saying that we need to talk about Kevin? No, not that Kevin. <laughs> not that Kevin. Bad Kevin. Though Ezra Miller, great. Bad Kevin. So she tries to bring this up with uh, Archie at... Pop Tate's Chocolate Shop? Yes. Um, but then... Who should walk in the door? But a lady in a dark cloak. She's actually wearing a She's cape. She's wearing a cape with a hood. And it is no one other than Veronica Lodge. Veronica and her mother have moved into Riverdale because their father is currently disgraced and sitting trial for fraud and embezzlement. I prefer to think that he's a drug lord. That might come out. <laughs> never say never. That's what that's what my hope is, is that he's actually like running a cartel. <laughs> Veronica meets them. And she's very friendly. She's very, very friendly. She immediately asks if they're familiar with the works of Truman Capote. Yes. You know how teenagers do, how 15-year-olds do. I'm still having a hard time thinking of them as 15. Like <laughs> 17, 18-year-olds old, yeah, but they're supposed to be sophomores. <laughs> At least the Blossom Twins are 17. Yeah, like, but and, like, and I, I think they look younger than some of the other actors. Yeah, but the core like, four who Cheryl are... Cheryl looks younger than them. They're all played by, like, 30-year-olds, I guess. Well, no, uh, the guy who plays Jughead is actually, like, in his 20s, because he was a Disney Channel star. They're all played by people 10 years older than they are. Yes. But the drama they get up to is so strange for sophomores. It's if they were juniors, it makes sense. It's strange for anybody, but it's that extra little step. The next day. First day of school. First day Bring! of school. And Betty happens to be the Veronica's... Tour guide. Tour guide, yeah. Tour mentor. Yes, and so she takes her around school and shows her the ropes. And, uh, and they're immediately best friends, or at least Veronica desperately wants to be best friends. Yes. She's yes. trying so hard to turn over a new leaf to start a new life. Yeah. And and not be the uh, debutante ice queen that she has been. Really, the plot in the opening episode is kind of thin, except for a few important beats. So yes. why don't we talk... Let, let's instead move into a summary of our characters. Okay. We've got Archie, who is your all-American boy. Yes. He, he tries out for the football team. He makes he, varsity. He makes varsity... He, but he gets Jason's old number. Yeah, which I'm like, why don't they just give him a different number that no one has? Uh, number nine is biblical numerology for redhead. 
Really? Like, the redhead has to have the nine? It could be. He, he fell into a love of music and writing songs over the summer, and he wants to pursue that. And the only person that can give him music lessons is Miss Grundy. The music teacher at Riverdale High. But, but, we learn that he and Miss Grundy... Yeah, he, she, was giving, <laughs> she was giving him more than advice. This summer. She was giving him that booty! Yeah. And so she doesn't want to do that. Well, I mean, she wants well, I mean, to do that. I mean, she doesn't want to like give him music lessons, but then he eventually convinces her to. Mm-hmm. Archie's been working construction for his dad's company over yeah. the summer. He got ripped. He has all of the abs. He has every single ab I've ever seen. Yes. Yes, he does. And they show it a few times there's in this, this episode. There's this great shot where he's like on the job site, walking in slow motion, wiping sweat from his face with, with his, his shirt. undershirt. Uh, just and, the abs. And that's when Miss Grundy, like, does a slow roll with her vintage Volkswagen. Drinking her Slurpee. Like, peering over the top of heart-shaped uh, sunglasses, cribbed directly from the, the movie for Lolita. <laughs> I have to remind you, this is not a subtle show. There is no, no restraint. No. Like, there were think pieces about this this subplot. About the show um, sort of glamorizing an exploitative statutory rape relationship. And I don't want to get into that. But, like, it's clear when you're visually referencing Lolita, they know what they're doing. Yes. Whether you agree with what they're doing, like, they're aware. This was not an accident. Nope. Nope. Another sort of meta, I guess, reference that I really enjoyed is the casting of Archie's dad. Yeah. He's played by Luke Perry. Of 90210 fame. Yeah. Straight to, like, the teen melodrama hunk. Yeah, <laughs> Going yeah. right to the source. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we've talked a bit about Betty. Let's talk a little bit more about Betty. Betty mm-hmm. is the picture-perfect girl next door, mm-hmm. but incredibly high-strung because yes. of the, the harrying of her emotionally abusive mother. Oh, my gosh. Is her mother freaking crazy? Cheryl Blossom, uh, the Red Widow. Uh-huh. It's weird that they use widow terms for her brother. Well, well, we have to keep in mind that, you know, they seem to have been more than that. <laughs> oh, you mean when she calls him uh, her once and forever soulmate? Yes. And that she wears a mourning veil yes. to school? Yes. And then at the school dance when she gets the, or the band to play the song that she was... They were conceived to. Yeah, like... Like, this girl's got a weird fascina- fascination with her brother. You you could not hit the uh, incest subtext harder without, like, titling it uh, the episode where Cheryl and Jason fuck. Oh, <laughs> good time. That's about as... The only way to make it more explicit. Well, then we have Veronica. Mm-hmm. And Veronica grew up as a rich... Spoiled girl in New York, and now that her father is apparently a drug lord, <laughs> uh, being tried for embezzlement and stuff, she and her mother have, as we said, had to come to Riverdale, and she's trying to be really nice. She's trying to not be the person she used to be. This is her second chance. This is her second life. She can restart her life, and she's aware that she was a bitch before, mm-hmm. and that she doesn't want to be a bitch again. I love, I absolutely love that Veronica is unflappable from the first. 
Yeah. Like, you would expect there to be a scene where she's like, but it's so hard and I don't know how. She's like, no, she just does it and you yeah. will not stop her. Yeah. Veronica's amazing. Well, we talked about Kevin. Yeah, that's really all there is to Kevin. Uh, we meet Jughead. Jughead is uh, on the fringes. He's, like we said, he's providing this noir-style narration. Mm -hmm. And we see that that selections from a novel he is writing about the death of Jason Blossom and the the effects it's having on the town. Yes. And we find out that he and Archie are no longer best buddies. They're not. <laughs> and it kills me. In his one dialogue scene, he's so on the uh, periphery of the community that in this episode, he's merely on the periphery of the show. Yeah. There's Reggie. <laughs> There's good old Reggie. We, he gets like... Reggie has four lines. He has four lines. <laughs> and my goodness gracious. Reggie's the best. Reggie is the uh, exact kind of asshole who thinks he's everybody's favorite guy and doesn't understand that he's an asshole. Yeah. Which I kind of love because that's like a shift from the comics because like he was an asshole, but he did not have that type of like, I'm everyone's best buddy. <laughs> they, they walk a knife edge very finely. And I think trying to preserve that is one reason he has four lines. Yes. And they're just, it's so but strong. They're perfect. He comes in and hits it hard and leaves. Uh, if I were Reggie, that would definitely be a that's what she said I moment. know. Yeah. I know. I was, I was waiting for that to turn not. into something. That's what Reggie's girlfriend said. Oh, Reggie can't get it up. That's my that's my fan theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Reggie's just like a sensitive soul, and he he's really <laughs> just trying to like not get hurt. This is all so, a facade. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. I think really he's like an artist who likes to sculpt in his basement. So him and Archie have a lot in common. Yeah. While Archie's the the secret musician. Yeah. I don't understand why it's important to him that his music be secret. I, th I think it has to do with, like, the fact that he's trying this for the first time. And he's not really sure what he's doing with it. In this episode, he tries a couple times to, like, get support for it. And he's shot down. That's so true. So I think it's, uh, this is new. I'm trying this. And until I get support that's not just Betty and Kevin being like, yeah, it's great. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to be like, yes, this is something I'm doing now. So uh, let's get back into the plot. I want to talk about one of my favorite subplots from this okay. episode, Veronica's bestie quest. Bestie quest. She is determined to make Betty her best friend ever. Yes. And, it's, and it works. It's great. They are convinced slash pressured by Cheryl to uh, try out for the cheerleading squad, yes. which Cheryl runs with an iron fist inside a lace glove. Yes. 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 <laughs> And so at tryouts, they do their dance, whatever, and then Cheryl's not impressed. No. Cheryl cares not for these teenagers. And and Cheryl automatically goes and brings up uh, Betty's sister, Polly, mm -hmm. who uh, we find out that Jason had dated Polly. It seems like her... a hit it and quit it situation. Yeah. Polly's not doing so great with that. Polly had a nervous breakdown and is living in a group home. My favorite part, mm -hmm. I guess, because it's just so crazy, is Betty, like, during all this where she's saying all this stuff, Betty just starts, like, gripping her hands together and digging her nails into her palms until they bleed. 
while outwardly people who cannot see, you know, the camera yes. angle from behind, she's smiling and pleasant and giving the most diplomatic, kind-hearted she's, answers. I wouldn't say she's smiling, but that's when she tells Cheryl, I'm sorry about what happened to Jason. Yeah. She she's being concerned for this awful, awful person's loss. Yeah. Well, to go on with that plot, so Cheryl says Veronica can be on the cheerleading squad, but Betty can't, and Veronica... She lays down the law. Oh, man. And so then they're both on the cheerleading squad, and then Veronica's put sets Betty up so Betty can ask Archie to the dance, which mm-hmm. is something that she knows Betty wants to do, but doesn't have the guts to do. But then Betty asks Archie to take both of them? Yeah, just a, a friend thing. Yeah. Three good... Buddies. Yeah. <sighs> but Veronica goes with it and like they're at the dance and she tries to be like, okay, Betty, here you go. Like, here's your chance. I'm going to go get punch. There's a lot of good rack focus shots of Betty almost saying, hey, let's be a romantic couple. Well, yeah, we, we rack focus to the background of Veronica and Kevin like, thumbs up. You can do, do it. Go ahead. Do it. Ask him. Ask him. <laughs> but it still doesn't happen. Well, she brings it up, but it doesn't. But Archie's really... like oblivious to what she means by it. Yeah, it's not very direct. Well, he's all focused, also on Miss Grundy. So they all get invited to the after party at Cheryl's, which I'm like, why would any of you go? You all know Cheryl's a jerk. She's the worst. And Cheryl does good old uh, seven minutes in heaven. Mm-hmm. Because she's 17, and that's what you do. What? I never did that. <laughs> ever. If you ever did it, you did it well before you were 17. Like, come on now. Yes. Because when you're 17, that's not what you're doing. You're doing a lot of other things. You're not doing that. <laughs> Are there no weed dealers in Riverdale? <laughs> I think Cheryl manipulates the bottle spin to see who gets in there with Arch. Yeah. Archiekins. Yeah. Uh, it's Veronica. And Veronica's like, no, this is dumb. I'm not. And then Cheryl, like, calls her bluff, like, well, house rules. It's either uh, whoever the bottle chose or the hostess. And so to try to protect that from happening. To try to protect Betty Betty. from Archie being put in this closet, devil closet. With Cheryl. (laughs) Veronica goes. And at first it starts off all good when they're like, you know, we need to not Mm -hmm. do anything. We need to just stand here. And then they just get stupid. They're, and they make out. They're teens. They're teens with insatiable, undeniable chemistry. But, like, come on. This is, this sets up perfectly probably my favorite thing about what the pilot did. Mm-hmm. And it's the reinvention of the love, the Betty Archie Veronica love triangle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because on, on the page, it's exactly that. It's very simple. Archie wants to date both of them. They both want to date him. And they often get jealous of one another because they want to date exclusively. Yeah. It's it's simple. It's plain. It's covered like almost 80 years of uh, comic strips, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's so much more complicated on Riverdale because each leg of the triangle has a contested relationship. Yeah. Archie wants Betty to remain his best, best, bestie ever, mm-hmm. but she wants to date him, and that's a tension. That's a problem. Yeah. Betty and Veronica, Betty wants to be, uh, Veronica wants to be Betty's friend to prove to herself and everyone else that she can be a normal, nice, good girl, mm-hmm. while uh, Betty 
likes being friends, but is being hounded by her devil mother. Yes. <laughs> How dare you even conceive of such a thing? And meanwhile, the the Archie Veronica leg is they definitely do have chemistry and desire for one another, but they both value their individual re- relationships with Betty so much more. Yeah, it's not something that they want to act on. And meanwhile, Archie also has this whole, like, Grundy Grund- thing going on. <laughs> but it's a powder keg. Anything could happen at yeah. any time. Yeah. It's amazing. That's drama right there, folks. Yeah. So uh, that leads to Archie having this tearful confession in the rain at Betty's house. It's not raining it's and no raining. one's actually crying, but that would be drama. Uh, she, had, she had some watery eyes, but she no did. actual tears fell. Meanwhile. For- Down at the river, we got... Kevin and Moose hooking up. Almost hooking up. Well, because planning Kev- to hook up. Because Kevin trips and falls onto the decaying corpse of Jason Blossom. <laughs> Who is just laying in the river with a bullet hole in his head. It seems that Jason did not drown. Cheryl's story is being called into question. Oh boy. Also... One thing about the Grundy relationship that's very important that I, I don't think we mentioned no. is that while they were in a post-coital glow at 6 a.m. on the banks of the river, they heard a gunshot. Yeah. Which is one thing that makes uh, Archie really want to come forward because that's important information. Yes. All the more important now that we know there's a gunshot wound. Bum, yeah. bum, bum. So what did you think of chapter one, The River's Edge? It was good. <laughs> so we we rewatched for a second time because we're recording this after the fact. A little bit out of order. A little bit out of order because we came up with this di- idea. Not right after the first episode. <laughs> Going into watching Riverdale, I, I've been excited. I was excited about the show, but I was like, is it going to be good? Is it? Is it going to be like just annoying mm-hmm. and ridiculous? I kept screaming at the show because it was so good. <laughs> not screaming because this is terrible screaming because oh my god what's gonna happen after this commercial break can you believe what they just did what they just said yeah how well read these teens are the characters are just so like the way that they're playing them and embodying like who they're supposed to be is so like intense for every single one mm-hmm. even like like reggie or mm-hmm. moose who are just like couple lines in this episode fo- so far they're so thought out mm-hmm. like it's so you, you can tell that they've thought out where they want them all to go and what's happening with them the way i take the show as a whole is as the whole cw teen melodrama template cranked to 11 yeah and then using that basis and, and just through the lens of Archie Comics characters <laughs> and, and seeing how those disparate worlds match up and meld. Like, uh, you can see it in even the marketing. Like, the, the trailers said, you know, from the network that brought you Gossip Girl and Vampire Diaries, mm-hmm. right? That's the mold. It's not, you know, from the people that brought you Arrow and Flash to say, oh, look at how we deal with established characters mm-hmm. or – my crazy ex-girlfriend, and no tomorrow to say, hey, look at our quirky romantic comedies. Yeah. It's, the, no, look, look at this dark, twisted, ridiculous bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you say, like, teen drama, you automatically think, like, bad acting. No. The acting is so good. 
watch Betty anytime she's not the focus of attention. She's oh. incredible. There's so much like subtle acting going on throughout everything. It's And hell, watch great. Veronica anytime she is the center of attention because that's when she shines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is why they're so good together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> so, like we mentioned, we're recording this immediately after our second watch mm-hmm. of the first episode. One thing I was struck by was a lot of little choices in things like blocking and camera work that I didn't notice the first time. Yeah, there was certain stuff going on in the background that I missed before. Like uh, when Cheryl butts in on the lunchtime conversation, which is when they first agree to do these, to, to audition for the cheer squad. Yeah. She uh, asks to sit down and then Betty scooches. But in effect, the way it's framed, Cheryl shoves Betty out of the frame. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. There's one quick shot uh, after we've heard that Moose has propositioned Kevin in the bathroom. Yeah, where he just like is walking in the back of the shot. And and is like leans back to check out Moose and then gets yanked off to the left. Yeah. That's something you did not see before at all. It's it's such a good sight gag. There's a lot of of effort in this show. (laughs) Yeah. One thing we've alluded to. Uh, I have at least, is that these kids are constantly quipping about things that seem like teenagers should not know. Yeah. (laughs) Cheryl Blossom didn't just call Betty fat last year. She compared her to season five Betty Draper. Yeah. I will remind people that when the fifth season of Mad Men aired, these characters were meant to be 10 years old. (laughs) They were not watching Mad Men. When Betty was giving Veronica the tour... And she says it's like the lost epilogue of our town. <laughs> Referring to like the school in Riverdale and just... How 50s it is. Yes. How it's sort of lost in time. Yes. Dear, what is your favorite uh, pop culture quip? Is, is it that one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mine from episode one has got to be when Archie asks Miss Grundy to, to set up this music lesson arrangement. Like, as it is just music lessons, it's not sex. We already did that. No more. I get it. He calls it his not-so-indecent proposal. (laughs) It's entirely superfluous. Why do you need to bring up that movie? It doesn't relate. (laughs) It's not what it's about. Oh, Archie. Oh, Archie. (laughs) You sweet boy. Let's throw out some other favorite quotes. My two of my favorite quotes are from Cheryl. I think it's at the lunch scene. Where she was like, what are you guys talking about? Perhaps uh, talking about Archie and his emergence from the chrysalis of puberty? <laughs> How about uh, before Veronica learns that her, her new best friend wants to date Archie, she says she's interested because he is super hunky uh-huh. beefcake boy now. Uh, she says something like, I've tried every flavor of boy but orange. Yeah. <laughs> Cheryl also makes a reference about riding the ginger stallion. (laughs) Climb aboard the tangerine train, baby. Like the things that come out of her mouth. Apparently Kevin's aware of a tragic gay bar called Innuendo. (laughs) Kevin's 15. Gay bar's card. What the fuck? Where are you you going, Kevin? Jason was my soulmate. Like what? Was and will always be. It's your brother. That's creepy. They have a twin connection. And by that, I mean their genitals have connected several times. 
let's let's do a segment where we compare one of these characters and how they are in the source material to how they are on the show. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, only natural that we start with Archie himself. Yeah. So as our Archie comics expert, dear, yeah. tell us about the characterization of Archie on the page, please. Well, Archie is still a redhead. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that they have done very well with the show mm-hmm. is they've made Archie a much more in-depth character. Because yeah. in the comics, especially the older ones, Archie's kind of just regular guy. He's he's he very plays, blank slate. He plays sports. Sometimes. He's pretty clumsy, too. Yeah. So you wonder how he plays sports. Because either he's, like, the all-American sports boy, or, like, he's messing everything up like Charlie Brown. <laughs> I mean, that's really... Archie's, like, Charlie Brown, just, like, not depressed. <laughs> uh, things don't go his way. He tries to do things. He has elaborate plans, and nothing ever works out properly. In Riverdale, he's his essence is the same. His, his all-American boy next door-ness is, is still the core of him. But he's got a little bit more of an edge. He's got he's more of a real teen. Yes. He's probably the least dark character on the entire show by a mile. Yeah. But still more than he is in the books. Yes. And things well, I don't know if things really are gonna go his way. <laughs> but there, it doesn't have that like quirky I tried to kick the football and then I fell down type thing. You know, like but you bring up two things that I wish would be on the show, and fingers crossed, maybe they will be in future episodes. Mm-hmm. His elaborate plans to try to get out of these uh, awkward situations that life presents, mm-hmm. those are fun. And I, th- I think the show could do a weird twist on that. And also his Rube Goldberg machines of, of destruction. There's a lot of great clumsy action, a lot of slapstick stuff yes. in the books that... Would be funny to see in live action. Archie's also in the comics. He's very self-centered. That is true. Like, you know, he'll do, he does stuff for his friends. He cares about his friends a lot. But when it comes to like Betty and Veronica, he's a very uh, self-centered person. Well, as I said, I'm not talking about the new stuff. The new stuff is very different. Yeah. Talking about like the classic from like the 30s through the 90s stuff. Okay. Because the Archies that are coming out now, there's a lot more like plot from comic to comic yeah there's that actual th- continuity that yeah. was not a thing <laughs> they were more like you know strips mm-hmm. or like a couple pages but like that's not this isn't really being continued on to the next thing or yeah one week archie makes a five course gourmet meal just because he can and the next week he doesn't know how to boil an egg yeah who cares <laughs> now in the current ones that are being made they're trying to tell a story there's it's a series it's not just like, here's a comic. So in the old ones, he is very self-centered in that. He doesn't, though he cares for both Betty and Veronica, he doesn't show this like actual, like, this is my friend. Yeah. He doesn't seem to care about what they think about one another at all. No. <laughs> There's not that. And now that's the driving force of his motivation yeah. for this episode. Which thinking about all this, I was like, why did anyone want to date Archie before in those old comics? He's kind of a jerk. It's just like, oh yeah, I'll date Veronica this week. Oh yeah, I'll date Betty this week. Oh yeah, I'll date this other person this week. Like, Archie was a jerk. Big jerk. Now, like, only in the past couple of years has he become, like, nice. 
So I guess that, that about sums up his, his translation, his yeah. adaptation. Pretend you haven't watched episode two. Okay. Just wipe that from your mind mm-hmm. temporarily. What are your predictions, only knowing what you know from chapter one? Hiram Lodge is a drug cartel owner. Definitely. Runner. Uh-huh. Um, Cheryl murdered her brother. Yeah, I, I agree that Cheryl was instrumental. Maybe not by her hand. She led him to his death. Yeah. Although on the one hand, isn't that a bit too obvious? I don't know. I don't want to Iocane powder myself. <laughs> Veronica and Betty are going to hook up. They did have a smooch. Yeah. They had a smooch that was immediately shut down as like, do you know what year it is? Faux lesbian queer baiting is not going to... That was so 1994. Yeah. Oh, you mean when you were born? (laughs) When you weren't born. She was born in the year 2000. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't alive. (laughs) Oh, when your parents were in high school? (laughs) Just please, writers, do some math. Do a little bit of math. But the thing is, though, you didn't, you just were like, oh, yes, when you were this old and then like wait no you weren't even alive like we don't think of time yeah like that far long ago i'm not the one getting a paycheck they should (laughs) what are your predictions if you have not seen episode two uh in addition to the things i just chimed in with you jughead knows something that nobody else knows and that's the real reason he's upset with archie not whatever else we learn in episode two Okay, okay. That's my prediction. Okay. I'm Grant. I'm Lena. And from us at Sex Archie. Archie got hot. Please.